0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand. The founder of this company ten years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who was selling his house, the founder of this this company, he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, "If this is what it's like for us." There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com
1: Now you've done it. Now you've done it, mister. Where did that come from? Now you've done it, mister. Who can do that one? That's the toughest one ever. Oh, but, but perhaps I should attend to the opening of the show. You are the best and brightest. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severn, an admitted trans financial. Yes, I am a tranny. I am a rich man born, unfortunately, into a poor man's body. Excelsior. Have only one other clue to offer. This audience, if you've joined us recently, is absolutely uncanny and unmatched in its ability to take small hints and guess which work of at we're talking about, which film, which book, which piece of music. And this is the toughest one ever. There has never been one that you guys have not known. And I would add, known within about a minute. I'd better give you the uh, Twitter handle, because this is how they come in. And I'll know, because Twitter will timestamp it for me, so I'll know who to credit. Uh, At J-A-Y, underscore, S-E-V-E-R-I-N. At J-A-Y, little underscore doohickey, and then severin. All right, the first hint was, Mr., okay, Mr., now you've done it, Mr. Which I must say is an exceptionally good impersonation. Uh, I'll give you one other line. No, you know what? I'm not going to give you another line, not for now. Let me just check and see if anyone is known already. Uh, I don't have one yet. Let me look again, and then uh, Dave, remind me, and I'll give a, there's a second and a third clue, I'm not, and I'm not going to talk about the medium. This is going to be the toughest one ever. Hey, welcome. I, I am Jay Severin, an admitted trans financial. Uh, today, I had to decide how to present, so today I'm presenting myself as a working class guy. It's your responsibility legally to know to which bathroom and which bank teller to direct me. You see, if you're a transgendered person in New York State now, well, New York City, I don't think New York State's passed the law yet. New York, in New York City, if you're in a restaurant and you are trans and you are directed to the wrong restroom, even if you look like i mean if 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 michael jordan walks in there or tom brady and you've got it wrong and you you just didn't read the papers today and there's news about them unpleasant oh, i guess i shouldn't say unpleasant there's surprising news about them and today they're presenting as I'm going to get way too confused here. I, I But do you get this? I, I, I You know, and you direct me to the wrong bathroom in New York City. You are now legally liable. So I figure if I'm a trans financial, you need to know which bank teller to direct me to. Or you'd be insulting me and you'd be liable. But let's get on to the political news of the day. It's the New York for New York, New York. It's the New York primary. And this doesn't necessarily change everything. No, this does not necessarily change everything. But it sure as ding-dong heck is going to cause people to focus. Because you know what today is? Today is the end of the beginning. Mary... Whose handle is a future free? Uh, hold on, Mary. What? One minute. Hold on, Mary. Mary R at handle a future free says without hesitation that's Mister Mister Roberts. That's exactly what it is. It is Jimmy Cagney, the commander of a ship on which Henry Fonda, Mr. Roberts, is an officer, as is William Powell as Doc, and Jack Lemmon as Frank Thurlow Pulver, one of the best stage plays ever made into a motion picture in the history of the American theater and my father's favorite movie about men trapped aboard a ship out of theater, out of the action during World War II, and life on ship for years at a time, stuck together out of the action. Because usually all of the great stories were written about, understandably, about the ships. I mean, that's the great theatrical lever here it's it's the great theatrical device here is a movie in which the heroes are different kinds of heroes this is the story of someone who is not in the front lines they're in the back lines and yearn to be otherwise it's a story of people but it's a story of men it's a story of men and women in part It's one of the greatest stories ever told in a motion picture. It has no car crashes. It has no combat scenes. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. And did I mention, it was my father's favorite movie. It's also mine, just by coincidence. Mister, now you've done it, mister. There's one letter I don't have to sign. And that's the letter that you don't write. And, mister, you ain't going to be writing no more letters from this here ship. Do you understand me, mister? Do I make myself clear, mister? (coughs) Really plays heck with my voice. That's a darn good Jimmy Cagney, at least in that movie. Mary, you are amazing. This audience is amazing. Mr. Roberts. It is, I don't know if you are, uh, have access to Netflix or any of the other services, but I've noticed recently, I have it saved. I, I watch it probably, you know, a few times a year, uh, but I've got it saved. But I've noticed recently coming across the Netflix uh, uh, listings, it's on there, M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr. Roberts, you won't, well, I maybe you will be sorry. I hope you won't, and I invite you to uh, correspond, either here on the show or via email about it. It's uh, it's just a brilliant it's just a brilliant piece of drama. It's also one of the funniest movies ever made because my favorite Harvard man, maybe my only one, <clears throat> other than Alan Dershowitz and Doug Schoen. Actually, I oughtn't get into that list because I have a lot of Harvard men I love, but the Harvard man I love most is Jack Lemmon, the late Jack Lemmon, my favorite actor of all time, my favorite Harvard man of all time. Mary, you're amazing. Uh, Mr. And that was an amazing get. That was an amazing get. Mary is an amazing film buff as so many of you are all right it's time for me to take a first break and i hope my career isn't judged on the first segment of today's show uh, unless i'm you know maybe being considered to take over one of those movie critic deals but it is the new york primary and let me tease it again and preview a good portion of what's upcoming by saying to you i will present to you the reasoning behind this statement. Today's New York primary doesn't necessarily change everything, but Guru J say, here and now, I believe today's results are sure as ding-dong heck going to cause us to focus. Focus. Because tonight, is the end of the beginning. It's the end of the beginning.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. And went through real estate agent after real estate agent and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through Real Estate Agents I Trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com.
2: This is Jay Severin. Severin on the Blaze
1: Radio Network. And you, as you prove every day, uh, not just by displayed brilliance, but by the very choice of this show and this network, you prove your uh, transparently superior taste and judgment. I'm Jay Severin, one 888 Pardon me. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I had no idea that a mediocre Jimmy Cagney impersonation would shred my vocal cords that way, but that's interesting. Uh, remind me to do it again soon. All right. New York primary. Do you know what's really important about today? Is next week. And next week, I'll be telling you the really important thing about today. Is next week because we are back on the horse now we are back in the saddle we are back in the schedule we are back into a series of primaries that truly matter this is why I say today's New York primary doesn't necessarily change everything but it causes us all who care about this to focus laser-like to focus, because tonight marks the end of the beginning, and here's why. New York is voting right now. It offers 95 delegates. The rules for winning them are, uh, strike me, as fairly straightforward. They may be arcane to others. If Donald Trump doesn't do as well as he expects, you notice today, and this is another thing, this is why, and this is a message to all of you who write snarky tweets but don't have the balls to come on the show and promote your own candidate. If you don't have the testicular fortitude to take advantage of a million-dollar free commercial for the guy you believe should be president of the United States, then do do me a favor, don't tweet me. Because you're a weasel. You have, right here, right now, every day, the opportunity to be welcomed with respect, to give us your commercial for Donald Trump. But you won't. I think I know why, but I'm not going to prejudice the matter by saying, at least saying in advance, why I think that is. I'll give you a hint. I think it has to do with the quality of the argument, which of course is derivative of the quality of the product, and the quality of the arguer. If you see that as an insult, I am sorry, not thusly intended. If you see it as a challenge, good. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I, <clears throat> Trump's magic number, and he has one today, is eighty five. If if you if you get nothing else from today's show, the thing that maybe you're hearing here for the first time and the really bottom line is there is not a great deal of mystery and suspense, not as much as the networks covering it would have you believe, right? I mean, they, they put hammers and light bulbs in the window. They need you to have, they're going to put a sign in there that says hammer fever, catch it, you know, light bulbs going, going, gone. Sale. And the cables need to put the same thing in the window, so to speak. Biggest news ever. New York primary. It isn't of course, but it is and could be very big news. And That's because of the number 85. According to the math whizzes that calculate this stuff, your host not included. Uh, and I don't mean I don't agree. I mean, I'm not a math whiz. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, watching, listening, trying to learn so we might learn together. And I have formed the impression that the magic number, such as it is, is right around the number 85. New York primary today offers 95 delegates. If Trump gets 85, then it is said among the wizards of calculus that this keeps him on track, as only he is, by the way. This keeps him on track to prospectively capture the real magic number, which is 1237. As in delegates, Trump's the only one who can do it at this point. It's not mathematically impossible for Ted Cruz, but it's practically impossible. For Trump, it's entirely plausible. It's utterly plausible. And people are beginning to realize that. That's why I say tonight may not change everything, but it's going to make people focus. Because if Trump gets 85 or close to it tonight, the headline tomorrow, Guru J. Say, the headlines tomorrow are Trump on track to win, to capture pre-convention nomination. Trump on track to first ballot nomination victory. That's what the news will say. And the news will be true for a change. 95 delegates, again, different number. New York offers 95 delegates. Trump, they say, needs 85 or so. If he gets 75, eh, we're still, you know, in the ballpark. And maybe if he gets 70, we're still in the ballpark, you know. If he gets all 95, that is going to throw gasoline on the story. That's going to make it 10 times bigger. And it's all in the math, but it really isn't in the math. It's in the headline writers. Uh, It's in the cable Chiron crawls that we watch. 95 delegates. In New York, there are 14 free-floating delegates. If you win 50% of the vote plus one, In every congressional district in the state, you get those 14 delegates. Bang, snap, done. If you do not win 50% plus one of the vote in all congressional districts in the state, you get a proportional uh, award of those 14 delegates. All the rest of the delegates, the what, the 81 other delegates are all done congressional district, by congressional district. And there you must win 50% of the vote or more to get all of them, or then otherwise it's two for the one with the most vote and one delegate. You know, again, are these rules somehow opaque or arcane or inherently, uh, let's pick a word, rigged? Well, we can't know that yet. We only know after Donald Trump wins or loses. And we know if he does less than he wants, then they're rigged. Jay
2: Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network.
0: This is The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: My best and brightest, my dear friends, my broadcast family, 1-888-900-3393. Here's the difference. If Trump, and I don't think there's any question tonight that Trump has a great night. The question is how great. And here's pretty much the dividing line. If Trump gets... Near 85 delegates, or if he gets all 95. One is the silver medal. I mean, you start upward, starting with anything with the numeral 70 and above, you've got headlines and stories that say Trump in solid position. Trump still able to capture nomination without fight. Trump, big winner, looks to sew it up with California. If that numeral 70 gets into the 80s, then you're looking at stronger headlines. But if, if, if Trump gets 50% of the vote plus one, in every congressional district in the state and thus triggers the winner-take-all New York provision. If he gets 95 out of 95 tonight, then that's going to buy him a word that no other number will buy him. You know what that word is? Nomination. Not not that it's guaranteed, but you're going to see words like Inevitable, with a question mark. You will somewhere see, and in more than one place, if he gets 95 tonight out of 95, it's going to be Trump first ballot nomination inevitable? Question mark? That's where you cross the line somewhere between 85 and 95. You change the dynamics of the story. And that's what Donald Trump is nat- naturally you know, attempting to do. Of course he is. So so would anyone else. Today, Mitch McConnell, I'll leave time for the hissing and booing, derisive comments. Uh, Mitch McConnell today, Senate Majority Leader, said out loud uh, and for the record that he hopes, he wants, and he hopes to see a second or third or more ballots at the Republican National Convention, quote, in order to produce a candidate who can win. Think about what that says. Mitch McConnell, who is the head of the Senate, uh, head of the Republicans in the United States Senate said for the record, and it's no mistake, he timed it and said it exactly because he wanted to. And what he wanted us to know is that he believes a second or a third or more ballots at the convention are a very, very good thing. Well, what does that mean? That means the candidate likely to be produced ahead of time or on a first ballot and who might that be mmm what McConnell is saying is the candidate produced by the first or second ballot isn't probably a candidate who can win but a candidate produced on a third ballot or a fourth ballot probably is a candidate who can win that's why when you run mitch mcconnell's statement today through the ufo phone and translate it it comes out like this and you hit a button and it says i don't want trump i want someone who can win it probably means someone who isn't running now or maybe hasn't run i want a winner we name who runs Not you. That's when you run it through the UFO phone. That's what it means. Mitt Romney said today, if Ted Cruz and John Kasich both stay in until the California primary, Donald Trump wins on the first ballot. And and again, you, you may or may not care what Mitt Romney says. You must care, however, for this reason, He is the most recent nominee of your party, probably your party. And by that status alone, he speaks with some authority in that he doesn't speak only for himself, right? I mean, it's it's presumably he speaks for more than himself when he says if Cruz and Kasich both stay in until California, Donald Trump wins on the first ballot. Now, do you think Mitt Romney said that because he thinks it's a good thing? Hey, guys, good news. If Cruz and Kasich both stay in, Donald Trump grabs it. You you think that's what he was saying? Or do you think maybe he was saying, oh, bummers, man, bummers. If Cruz and Kasich both stay in, then Donald Trump wins on the first ballot. Bummers. Yeah, I think maybe it's more like that. And and uh, note bene. One bedrock assumption that people across the board are making are they not? Yeah, they are. One bedrock assumption that is being made universally is that, even though the rules of the convention have yet to be written. And again, I just want to stress. The rules of each convention are written specifically to evaporate when the gavel comes down that adjourns that convention. There are no rules that lap over. There are no permanent rules. There is no such thing as a permanent rule for the Republican National Convention. Now, there is such a thing as rule and rules which have been repeatedly renewed each time they write the rules of the upcoming convention. So you might say, well, no, Jay, you're full of baloney. Of course there's a permanent rule. Here's a rule. Here's a rule. You must have a majority of delegates in order to win the nomination. Well, I would say to you, that's the best possible argument you could make. That comes as close to a permanent rule as has ever existed. For 150 years, one has required 1,237, i.e., a majority of delegates, in order to win the nomination. But you know what? It's not a permanent rule. It's never been permanent. Rather, it has been readopted quadrennially. Doesn't mean it's going to be there this year. And that raises a very, very big question, which we can have fun with. But right now, an observation—not an opinion, just an observation—a bedrock assumption, evidently, everyone subscribes to, is that this rule will remain unchanged. Two rules, I can see that everyone believes will absolutely remain untouched, and and absolutely readopted for this year. One is that you must win a majority of delegates somehow, some way. You must have 1237 in order to win the nomination. If you come in with 1236, they are not going to give it to you. If it takes 800 ballots, if people grow old and die at this convention, if the biggest legal precedent is, Here is going to the United States Supreme Court to delay election day because the Republicans are on their 42nd hundredth ballot and they have yet to decide on a nominee. And the convention is gone from July until October. The World Series is being played and there are people croaking on the floor of the Republican National Committee with beards and clothes, stinky clothes, and reduced to eating uh, uh, the peanut butter cracker sandwiches as the only meals, which is, you know, the first two or three, they're not bad, but I don't know about until October. And, and, and you'd have to go to the Supreme Court to waive the election date. But everyone believes that if that's what it takes, if it takes 4,200 ballots, then that's what we'll do. But someone's going to win 1237. 1236 won't do. 1235, uh uh-uh. uh. 1234, not close enough. 1237 or no nomination. That's the first assumption, absolutely being, uh, it seems to me, adopted by everyone. The other rule that evidently has been embraced by the belief of everybody is that another another rule that will be renewed and adopted and used absolutely is that no matter what other changes are made delegates will be bound to their candidate quote unquote for at least the first ballot that right For at least the first ballot. And all I can tell you is both of those rules have always been rules by virtue of always having been readopted every four years. But are they rules right now? Uh uh, they don't exist.
2: Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network.
1: on the Blaze Radio Network. With you, the best and brightest, my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. one 3393 We have a partner on the phone, Mike from the Buckeye State, without which no Republican, I believe, has ever ascended to the presidency, which, of course, explains the uh, only however, flimsy rationale for the Kasich candidacy and the reason he's even money to be vice president on the Republican ticket. Mike, welcome.
3: How you doing, Jay?
1: Sorry for the longest introduction in radio history there.
3: Well, that's okay. That's okay. It's good to talk to you.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you. My pleasure.
3: Long-time listener, so. Thank you. And Actually, please remember,
1: please remember to patronize our fine product.
3: Oh, all, all the time, Jay. no doubt.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to put in a word for management there. Thank you.
3: Right. <laughs> uh, well, I, you, I, I tuned in just in time on one I Heart Radio. I mean, I, I hope it's okay to say that. But uh, Yeah, just sure. In you, just in time to hear you challenging Trump supporters. To call in and give a commercial for Donald. Yes,
1: yes. I prefer to use the yep. word inviting, but no, challenge, I, I believe I actually said challenge. So, yes, absolutely.
3: Well, uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to say too much good things about Donald, but I will. You know that I am an avid tech career supporter. I voted for him on the primary Been following him for about a year now. Uh, not just because of what I've heard on the blaze. Not just because of uh, things that people told me. I did my own research into his life. Uh, I'd spent a lot of time, which I usually do with all the candidates. and Good for you. And don't, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say something. Ted Cruz is an honored man. He is a man that has fought since his childhood for the Constitution of the United States. And I am not, uh, I'm saying that not as a Democrat, not as a Republican, I'm a registered independent. I've lived here for 51 years in my state. Uh, The first uh, candidate that I voted for for was Ronald Reagan in 1984, right after I got out of high school. And, And I have
1: a feeling that there is a but about to occur that is as big as Hillary Clinton's backside?
3: Well, not that big, Jay, but I will have a button here. I hear a lot of people <laughs> around me, a lot of people in my community are Trump supporters. Uh, I see it on my Facebook page constantly.
4: Yep.
3: This, this worries me very much. I don't believe that people have done their homework on Donald. Uh, and if they did, I don't believe they would be supporting him as much. Mike, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm,
1: a heck of a lot of homework is required. Has there ever been a candidate as exposed to the electorate, you know, as Donald Trump? I don't think so. I
3: don't think so either, Jay. And if you just look at, the, at his background, it's not real hard to see where he comes from. And this is, this is scaring me. It's scaring my family. I know this All right, Mike,
1: question. I've got 20 seconds. Do you want to try and make your point in those 20, or would you like to, you know, come back for another shot? Okay. I'll make my point sir. Think about it. All right, I didn't hear that, but we're already in academic territory. Mike, if you wish to hold and start the next hour, we're ready for your big butt.
2: Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: You are the best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. Today is the New York primary. What is that supposed to mean to you? I will tell you. Today is not the end of anything except it is the end of the beginning. And today doesn't change everything, but today is going to cause us to focus, focus on everything. Because today begins... The home stretch, and Donald Trump is sitting in a pretty good seat. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest, my radio family, my friends, my partners. We are the Blaze Radio Network, One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, one triple eight 900 3393 900 3393 Today is the New York primary, which mostly means it throws us back onto the roller coaster. We have had a bit of a break in the last 10 days or so. This puts us back on the horse. A horse with a firecracker up its butt. Uh, because this really starts the home stretch now. Even though the stretch will stretch over several weeks, this is the beginning of the home stretch, of that home stretch. You will notice stories throughout the media that Donald Trump has started to hire. The first was Paul Manafort which is a, a big hire in my uh, business, former business. Paul Manafort is a big wig, as they say. In you know where the term big wig comes from? In 17th, 18th century England and since, the, in the courts of Chancery and elsewhere, uh, at Gray's Inn, uh, in the high courts in the UK, judges wore white powdered wigs as did the officers of the court solicitors barristers and the size and elaborate design of your wig was limited by your station barristers were allowed a certain uh, wig solicitors others and judges were allowed the biggest, most intricately made wigs of all. Physically, they they were the biggest, and that's that. And so when someone said the man, uh, the govna, the govna, he's a big wig, you know, it it meant you were a big cheese, you were a big guy, and it was literally true. In the court system, the British court system, the bigger your wig. The bigger your wig. So uh, Donald Trump went out and got some big, in the course of getting some big wigs, Republican veterans for his campaign. This was, as we talked about months ago, inevitable. I mean, you, we don't know whether Donald Trump really knew or didn't know about the rules in Colorado or Wyoming. But I tend to take my lead from what George Will said during the weekend on Fox. Donald Trump wants us to believe that he had the Wyoming delegates stolen from him because he didn't know or understand the rules. Well, does anyone think that Donald Trump breaks ground for a building or begins a deal? without knowing who the players are or what the rules are? George Will went on to say, to make a long story short, here is a man who presents himself with some evidence, considerable evidence, as the master of the most complex international financial dealings imaginable, yet totally flummoxed by the Wyoming State Republican Committee that meets in Joe Bob's lounge in the activities room in the basement with the jukebox with sawdust on the floor. Hey, and I'm not knocking Wyoming. I love the Cowboy State. I love Wyoming. But you get get his point, right, and mine? Donald Trump is telling you he is going to outwit In one day, he's going to wake up, and before breakfast, he's going to have outwitted the North Koreans, the Iranians, the Chinese, the Russians, and everybody else, though he was unable to understand the rules for the Wyoming State Republican Committee. Hmm? So that's why Donald Trump is hiring professionals. His supporters might not like it, but you know what? They won't largely know about it. Now, if that sounds slightly patronizing... It is thusly intended. I don't think Donald Trump's supporters are particularly well-informed. And even if they do know about it and they have grounds to object, I mean, oh, gee, he hired Paul Manafort. He hired Roger Stone. He hired, you know, whomever. Uh, They're still going to be for Trump. I think we've established at this point that uh trump people are going to be for trump pretty much as he says if he fired a you know shots on fifth avenue and killed people he wouldn't lose any votes i think that's pretty much right and i think it pretty much tells us about donald trump and his followers as my father used to say that tells me just about everything about that fellow i need to know and I think this tells us just about everything about this fellow we need to know. In any case, the magic number for Trump in New York today is 85. If he gets it or gets near it, he is very much on track to win the nomination. Well, I'm sorry. Shame on me. We don't know what the rules will be by that day. It puts him very much on track to get 1237 delegates prior to the convention. Will that mean that he'll win the nomination? See, that's what we don't know yet. I know everyone assumes it means that, but I don't assume anything. I'm not going to assume any facts, not yet in evidence. And not in evidence yet is what they're going to do with these rules. But if Trump gets 85 tonight, that's the mystery all of the mystery and intrigue of tonight's results revolve around the magic number 85. The closest that Trump can get to that, and if he can get over it, if he can get 95, which is all of them, it's not going to change the ball game. but I'll tell you what. And Guru Jay say, if Trump gets... 95 delegates tonight, if Trump wins all the New York delegates tonight, what that is going to change is not the facts so much, but it's going to change the entire tenor of the coverage of this campaign and the way you think about it and the way I think about it and the way it's reported. Because if Trump sweeps tonight with 95 delegates, people, there is still, believe it or not, a small... Segment of people who can't believe that Donald Trump could be the nominee. If he gets 85 or over tonight, and especially if he gets 95 and you still don't believe it, you are not living in reality. If Trump sweeps tonight, the coverage is going to start to be Trump inevitable question mark even though a lot of people want multiple votes because they don't want Trump. Mitch McConnell said so today, although he didn't mention Trump's name. Mitt Romney said if Cruz and Kasich both stay in, then Donald Trump will win on the first ballot. And Mitt Romney is a dear friend. I wish to make that clear. It's not like I'm, you know, denouncing him. But I also want to say it's pretty clear that what he's saying, Governor Romney is saying there is, that's not a good thing. I mean, what I read from... Forgive me if I read too much into this, but what I read from that is Mitt doesn't think it's a particularly good idea that Cruz and Kasich both stay in until California and Trump wins on the first ballot. And again, there are assumptions being made by everybody uh, and the two chief ones, and they could be. I guess they are probably more way more likely than not. I just want to warn you again as the lawyers say never assume facts not yet in evidence
2: this is jay severin Severin. on the blaze radio network The Jay Severin Show, only on
1: the Blaze Radio Network. And the best and brightest radio audience, only on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. It's really, it's fixed my, my income here. If, if your IQ should ever drop, my salary goes up. So your, your IQ stays high then my salary is adjusted because that's part of the compensation. Getting to deal with a brilliant audience is regarded as part of my compensation package. Do you believe that? Me neither, but I I just, I thought it was an interesting theory. Uh, Trump says, if I am elected, now, again, read this broadly. Trump says, if I am elected, first thing I will do is replace Rince Pubis as the chairman of the Republican National Committee. Donald Trump making important friends every day. You see, how many months have we talked about this? The guys on the Republican, the men and women who work for the Republican National Committee all have jobs pension plans they're going to send their kids to school they take vacations they have like four meetings a year in hawaii you know their first call when <clears throat> when hillary clinton is elected president this year they'll all be on vacation the first time they'll call each other or text each other or email each other When they come back to town on January 6th, whatever day Congress reconvenes, that's the day everyone comes back to town. That's the official end of uh, Christmas vacation for the media and for politicians. So their first message to each other will be, bummer. Well, what was that date again for the April meeting in Oahu? So Trump is only confirming what. All of these guys, pubis at all, fear most about Trump and, by the way, about Cruz. And they have more reason to fear it from Cruz, by the way. And that is, if I'm elected, you're looking for a job. If if, if I'm elected, <clears throat> unemployment's going to go up at least by about seven or 800. And it's going to be you layabouts at the Republican National Committee who are going first. So it's important that Trump says this. I think it's kind of stupid for him to say it. I I don't believe for a moment that he's going to gain a lot of votes. I don't think people know who Rince Pubis is, and I don't think that he's going to create a whirlwind of support because he's Insinuating he's going to fire all the administrative buffoons at the Republican National Committee, although it ought to, it ought to gain him respect and support. I don't think it will. It will just empower, will it not? It will not, it will just piss off uh, the people even more at the Republican National Committee who say, well, there's another reason that whatever rule we have to change to make it happen. We can't let Trump win. Because, again, there you know, the Republican now, how many months have we spoken together on this show of your bumper sticker, meaning your essential goal? And we know what we pretty much know what everyone else's bumper sticker is. And among them, we know that, you know, Trump's bumper sticker is Trump. Uh, of course. Cruz's bumper sticker says, says Cruz, of course. My bumper sticker says, no Democrat. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't have anyone else's name on it. It says no Democrat. And everything that you want to uh, question or assume I might do in this election, how I feel, how I'm going to vote, derives from my bumper sticker. No Democrat. And the RNC has a bumper sticker, which we talked about, I think, in January or February. Their bumper sticker says Republican National Committee. They still want there to be the RNC, just as they left it when they turned out the lights and went on vacation. All they care about is that they come back and the lights work and their computers work and they still have jobs and and uh and in fat bonuses and you know retirement plans that they care about that so far ahead of whether or not any republican gets elected that it's laughable to consider it okay uh there's no denying by the way that the flip side of the coin of trump doing well tonight is not good news for ted cruz supporters of whom i am one i know i'm not alone on this show in being a ted cruz supporter if if donald trump does well that is above 80 delegates it's not good if donald trump sweeps If he wins enough of the vote to get all 95 delegates, it's what we call bad. Because what it's going to cement in the minds of everyone, people who give money, people who vote, people who cover the election, everybody. If Trump should, I don't think he will, but he might. If he sweeps tonight and takes all 95 of those delegates that massive show of strength, you have to win 50% plus in every single congressional district in New York State. New York State is more diverse than any country on the planet Earth. There are more, pick an ethnic or racial group, there are more of them in New York State than there are in any other place on Earth than in the capital city of their home country, of their native country. The most diverse state on earth and it's a virtual tower of Babel for good or ill. But if Trump can win 50% over 50% in every congressional district in the state of New York, Long Island, New York city, upstate New York, which is more like a cross between Canada and Oklahoma than it is New York. I mean, people have no idea of the vastness geographically, demographically, of New York State. If Trump gets 50% in every congressional district in that state, that is going to send, it doesn't matter that it's it's his home state. No one's going to say, yeah, but it was his home state. Be, there, no one's going to say that. It's just going to be massive. And that's why I say tonight may not change everything, ...but it kind of might. I mean, it's going to make everybody focus differently. Now, that's true if Trump underperforms. You know, it's true if he performs terrifically. But it's going to be, one way or the other, a really big deal. And Ted Cruz really needs to siphon off some delegates tonight. Ted, Ted! 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 Tedster! Ted needs to siphon off some delegates tonight... Just so he doesn't get swept. Just so he keeps Trump, uh, the, the math for Trump, uh, not, you know, at 1237.
2: Seven on the Place Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: And you are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. And here's where we are. We are the day of the New York primary. All, the numbers will tell the tale. Here's an interesting statistic before we go to the, back to the phones. According to the latest NBC Wall Street Journal poll, which may not be great, but it is respected. And so, therefore, it's going to be reported. Uh, it's okay. It ain't great. But, as I say, it's, it's well known, which in uh, this media world may be enough. According to NBC Wall Street Journal survey, the number of Republicans who say, get this, give the nomination to the candidate who shows up with the most delegates for 150 years the one rule which has never been abandoned at the Republican National Convention, <clears throat> pardon me, is that a candidate must have a majority of delegates, the support of the majority of representative delegates, the representatives of the people. They must have a majority in order to be awarded the party's nomination for president. The number of Republicans who say, Ah, the hell with 1237. Give the nomination to the candidate who shows up in Cleveland with the most delegates. Even if someone with the most delegates is 800. Whoever has the most, forget whether they get a majority. Forget that. Just the most will do. 62%. 62%. Susan from the island of Road. Welcome.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Severin, my scholar. Thank you for considering mm, my me and partner What's with you. That's mm-hmm. a high compliment. Thank you, ma'am. I just wanted to bring up two things because I'm hopeful and I want to bring the okay. audience some hope. All right, so hope one thing I hope that this was a good way to New be. York, and I know Donald Trump's going to win New York, and he's going to do very well. But again, here
1: is a thing Something man. tells me you know a little bit about the location from your accent.
4: Uh, thank you. I've never lived there, but everyone says that I sound like a New Yorker, not a Rhode Islander. And I think that comes from living in Massachusetts for 15 years.
1: Uh, so I have yeah, a mixture, it and
4: it came <clears throat> out New York.
1: <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, so I give us your wisdom. i
4: like a Rhode Islander. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Deliver unto us your wisdom.
4: Well, I'm not sure it's wisdom. It's how I feel. And it's based on things that I have been reading. And the polls, again, even in New York, he doesn't even come close to breaking 60% of the vote. Uh, they're he making a who. big deal about the fact that he's 51, 53%. This is April. This has been going on for four months. Susan, Susan, are we, about, are
1: we talking about Trump?
4: Shouldn't he be breaking
1: 70%? Susan, I don't know who the pronoun he is intended to refer to. Are Mr. Do you Trump. mean Trump? Yes. Okay.
4: Mr. Right. Trump. I will give him that, Mr. Trump. Huh? Um, Ted Cruz broke 70% in three states that are not even his home state. By this time, you would think his support would have been 70% in New York. Um, One might think. 45% of the votes are going to go elsewhere tonight. That gives me hope. And secondly, what a lot of the analysts are saying, they're saying, watch
1: Indiana. Indiana is going to be just as
4: important as California. And I think Indiana is all all about Cruz.
1: No, it's not. You know Why? Uh, I, I, I love you, but you know why that's just a prima facie untrue statement? If we put two nursery schoolers in a room together and in front of them we put down five shiny coins and then we put down two shiny coins and we said pick, which do you think the nursery schoolers would pick? And what percentage of the nursery schoolers would pick five? Like maybe 110% of all of them would pick five because it's more? Well, that's why California is more important than Indiana. Indiana will be important tactically and strategically, Susan, because it will be the next time that Ted Cruz can win anything. I mean, Ted Cruz is about to have the snot beaten out of him. He's going to win. I'm sorry, he's going to lose big tonight. And then a week from tonight, we're going to watch him probably lose all five states uh, in the mid Atlantic region. And that's going to sting. And on top of New York, whatever sense it makes, you know, it's going to be reported. You know, it's like a car wreck. You know how the media reports this stuff. And all of a sudden, you look good for a couple weeks. You're the big hero. You're going to win. You look bad for a couple weeks, and you stink. You know how this stuff goes. The next state that Ted Cruz can look forward to winning is Indiana. And that's what makes Indiana so important. Now, it's not otherwise unimportant. It's it, it's a a Rust Belt, a state you know very important in that part of the electorate in the Electoral College. It's got a lot of delegates, but but Susan, California it ain't.
4: Well, I think he's got a good shot at taking some delegates in California. I mean, he's not going to lose California badly, Ted. I well, don't. Cruz, think Cruz so. Cruz
1: isn't. Cruz isn't no. you mean, no. Well, he'll do
4: well in California. I think they'll break too. even in
1: California. Remember this, too. I don't know. Tell me in a minute why you think that's true, but let me get in one comment here. Trump's essential portfolio, his pitch to us, is what? It's I can win states that you couldn't dream of touching if I weren't the candidate. Right? I'm not saying is that correct, but I'm saying that's what he's saying, right? That's correct. Correct. Okay. And chief among all of the states to which he makes reference when he says that is California. He also means New York. He also means uh Colorado, Wisconsin, a bunch of others, but if if we, if he could put California in play then you know, it's a different ball game. So he's going to be trying for sure. So there are a lot of layers to California, including, you know, the massive delegate output, uh, bigger than New York's. So, uh, but I, well, I don't see that we disagree a lot here. It's just that Indiana is, is going to form up Susan almost as more of a defensive Alamo, you know, for, well, maybe that's a ill chosen, uh, uh, metaphor. Uh, uh, but But Indiana is going to be like a firewall, you know, more than a great victory for Ted Cruz. And God forbid he loses Indiana or ties it or anything. So, see, that's what happens as a result of tonight, Susan, and of next Tuesday. If Ted Cruz ends up losing the next six states, which is looking very, very probable, then, you know, Indiana all of a sudden turns into a nail-biter that we really didn't need. But that's the way it's going to be.
4: Well, if he loses I Indiana, I may have to go into another coma.
1: We don't uh, want that. I, I, if he loses if he loses <laughs> Indiana, they're, the only stories we're going to see have numbers in them. All the stories, Susan, are going to be numerical columns of digits showing, you know... Uh, Does Trump reach 1237 or does he arrive with 1210 or 1225? And then you think he's going to make anything out of this NBC Wall Street Journal result today? If this shows up in other polls, if Republican voters say if if a majority, 62 percent, this is the first one, 62 percent of Republican voters say, give it to the guy with the most delegates. Well, we don't care. We don't care we don't care how many. Just give it to the guy with the most. Susan, if that starts to catch fire and you see a bunch of polls for the next few weeks that say that because people don't want ugliness. You know, I mean, the the networks would love it. I frankly would love it. But, you know, the 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 the, the candidates don't want ugliness. The party doesn't want ugliness. They don't want Fifteen ballots, do you know, and so if if all of a sudden they have a fairly tame electorate that says, Yeah, 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 look, do what you want, just just give it to the guy with the most delegates, then I mean that's like a big big birthday cake for Donald Trump, yeah oh uh, sorry, I, I mean I that's I, all right. you know, I, I know you're going to ask me, does a razor blade perfect. come with this, you know, uh, or at least a bandage i mean i but, but it's it's what I see as of this moment. But Susan, it's not anything I didn't expect to see. I mean, we knew, we looked at the calendar. We knew. I I, I was said if you were with me, I said two weeks ago. You know, this is great. I'm I'm glad that Ted did so well in what was it Wisconsin? Because two weeks from now, this whole thing is going to look different when Trump hits him over the head like he's a piñata with New York, and then just as he's absorbing all those blows. Six days later, he's going to have to, you know, get beaten by Trump in Maryland and New Jersey and a whole bunch of other mid-Atlantic states. So it's the ups and downs of the campaign. We knew it was going to happen and we just have to ride it. Okay. I still have I'm sorry I'm sorry. I don't think I should bill you for this session. <laughs> <laughs> I feel badly oh, billing you you're for really this session. Thank <laughs> you, Thank you, Jay. Susan, I love you. Call again. Devin from Pennsylvania. Which self-same state is going to be a big keystone, get it, uh, a week from today? Welcome.
4: Hey, Jay. How you doing? Yes, it is. Hi, That's why I'm trying to get trying to get involved as much as possible. I just, had, I just had a theory I was thinking about today. Instead of the RNC, you know, shooting in their, their guy with a Kasich or Jeb Bush, what if they and this is all based off of that Trump doesn't get to twelve thirty seven before the convention right. Right. that on the second and third whatever ballot, they give it to Cruz who they obviously do not like, and knowing that doing that makes Trump go third party in the general, and then they have Hillary get in
1: and And their motive for this would be what
4: to have not neither Trump nor Cruz get the, the not the uh, to win the general election okay all right you know all right
1: I I think it's not implausible but I'll tell you what where I think it suffers a little I don't think it's the most plausible I think a more plausible theory and it may be wacko but a more plausible theory I've heard is that they say look we're going to lose I talked about this yesterday I think it was yesterday at some length. I'll make it very short. Let's say, Devin, the Republicans sit down in a room and say, look, no one repeat this. This is all entree new. But within this room, within the walls of this room, we're not going to win. And because we're not going to win, how can we make a winner out of it to some small degree? And the way we do is let Cruz be our nominee. He's a conservative, conservatism loses. And for 20 years, the conservatives have been breaking our backside, saying, you need to run a conservative. You need to run a conservative. And so since we're going to lose anyway, let Cruz be the nominee. Let him lose. And that will give us control ideologically of the party, virtually without argument, for the next generation.
2: Jay Severin on the Place Radio Network. The J. Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: And it's very close to my heart because I was down there and I watch our police and our firemen down on 7-Eleven down at the World Trade Center right after it came down.
1: There is Donald Trump, uh, international relations expert, reminding us of that tragic day, 7-Eleven, when he saw our policemen and firemen down there what, getting a donut, getting coffee at Seven Eleven. Now, look, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Don't look for me to be throwing rocks. But should Donald Trump be, you know, just automatically forgiven for that one? The thing is, if you're Henry Kissinger... And you say, I will never forget what it was like on that fateful day, 7-Eleven, when I saw our policeman and firemen there, you get away with it because you're Henry Kissinger or you're John Bolton or you're Ted Cruz or you're someone else smart. If you're Donald Trump and you say, I'll never forget 7-Eleven with our, and the next day at Dunkin' Donuts with our, our policemen and firemen, uh. I know, and you know what he meant. But the thing is, he's let go for that. No one said anything, and okay, maybe that's right. Maybe I shouldn't complain about it. But you know what? I share with a lot of you, I know a lot of you, on and off air, when Donald Trump was hit by Marco Rubio in the debates, with the triad system, and he had no idea what it was. The triad system is the fundamental precept of our United States of America's national defense of how we live, how we survive, how we defend ourselves in the case of an attack by the Soviets or China or North Korea, the triad system. It's the foundation of our defense. Donald Trump thought it was, he was rummaging his brain to figure out, is this the bubble gum? Or the hair band he's talking about. This
2: is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.